the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The uh, prepare for your sermons. And the Baptist minister said, well, what I do is I take out the whole month of July, and I write my sermons for the whole year. They said, well, that's very good, very admirable. They asked the Methodist pastor, well, what do you do? And he said, well, what I do is I work on my sermon for the week ahead, and every day I work on the sermon a couple of hours each day. And they said, well, that's very, very good. The Roman Catholic priest said, well, how do you, and they asked him, how do you prepare for your sermons? And he said, um, I'll be honest with you, I prepared the night before. They get to the Episcopal priest and they say, well, tell us how you prepare for your sermons. The Episcopal priest said, I make sure there's a long hymn before the gospel. <laughs> I, uh, I, I tell that story because I do prepare the sermons throughout the week, but uh, the last two days, some very uh, moving events you know, took place. Last week's gospel and this week's gospel it was the old woman who came to the judge to refresh her memory and was persistent with the judge and like, you know, listen to my case. And the judge was like, such a frivolous case. And finally, her persistence wears him out and he listens. And then we have today um, the gospel where we hear the Pharisee, you know, talk about like how righteous he is. And the tax collector who's hated, the Pharisee is the religious leader, like the priest. And um, the tax collector's in the back who he's hated because he made his living by charging people extra on their taxes. And then when we hear this gospel, most of us will end up saying, thank God I'm not like that Pharisee. But I had a um, couple of experiences. I wanted to talk about piety, persistence, prayer, and penitence. And maybe in this regard, we'll come across. A lot has happened in the life of our parish the last uh, couple of days. You know, we've had the um, burial of Don McIntyre and um, uh, Mr. Bill Caller. And then last night was the fall festival. While I was out in about town, um, a number of people stopped me. I wear my clericals, as you know, quite a bit. It reminds me, my collar, as I've told you, the collar reminds me of how holy I am. The black reminds me of how much work I have to do yet. But also people can come and reach out to me. The consistent thing that people were doing the last several days, and I've been, I mean, even last night at Twisted Fork, I was so tired I didn't feel like eating. I go from St. James Day School to Twisted Fork to get a salad and my favorite that they now know how to make. <laughs> and um, I ended up talking, the theme was, with all these individuals who had a connection to Texarkana or had come for the funeral, people who I had met who had come last week here to the church. They all shared with me, independently of each other, I want to know I want to know the love of God. I don't, I don't get it. 
what, what do I have to do? In one case, I can't go to church because I've had a bad experience, and I understand that. And in another case, it just happened in my life, and sometimes I just feel I'm too sophisticated educationally. And in another case, I've had too much pain. But the theme in all of them, and it struck me that maybe God put me in that place to try to help them to see and know the love of God. How do you do that? Right now, here in this place, in God's throne room, how many persistent things do we have going on in our life that inhibit our piety, inhibit our prayer, inhibit our penitence, that we are concerned and worried, but yet we come, and here we are, and there are others who are still struggling with that question. How do I know God? How do I know that he loves me? In preparation of the sermon and connection, I always liked the story of the tax collector. We um, cannot get an idea of what it would be like for a tax collector, but let's just say the IRS agent was standing off would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We know individuals. We know those people who, broken, hurt, that's us sometimes. That's me. And we want to know God. And if I tell you, God is closer to you than your next breath. That is such a true statement. But sometimes it may, I know that, but I don't feel it. The Gospels that we've heard from Luke the last several weeks, there, there's obstacles that we create in our own life. I hate to say that because... I don't want to think that I put obstacles in my own way of life, in my relationship with God. That's not very priestly. It's not very Christian. But I'm pretty good at it. I wish uh, there was a profession in it. I probably could make lots of money by putting obstacles in my way. The heart comes from looking at this man the tax collector, not even looking up and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I didn't want to say that to those individuals because sin is such a hot topic. Oh, right away it brings back shame and guilt. And there was no time to explain that sin is actually missing the mark, falling short of God. I did not want them to be stuck with the shame. But I do know that in this regard, one, I pray for those individuals. I sit and think about how humbling it is, like, hmm, 
how did I end up in that position and in that place and in that space? But they reached out to me. And was I able to convey the love of God? So that may be where we're at this morning. Not being able to feel that God loves us despite what we do, in spite what we do. But there's just so many obstacles. The bottom line is this individual, he trusted, he trusted God that the obstacles, his missing the mark, his sin, would be removed. He knew and he believed. The hardest thing that I went home the last two nights, it almost reminded me of when I was ordained to the priesthood. I thought, by golly, as I said in class this morning, I might not be able to convert the whole country, but at least the state of Wisconsin. Maybe, maybe that. And I don't know what my words have done to those individuals or others, and you will never know. Until you see them in heaven, the words that you have shared with someone else. But if you are in that spot of not knowing the great love of God, trust that he has a process at work. Trust that he has a process to help us lay aside those obstacles. So that the path to him, as we celebrate ceremonially, when we come to receive communion, is clear and straight. That we're waiting in a line to get to him. That it's backed up in front of his throne room. So that we can receive his grace. So that we can know his love. And whatever, just pick one obstacle. Pick one difficulty that might, you might be struggling with. Your family, work, neighbor, spirituality. Just think of that one thing. And when you wait in line to receive the sacrament of love, when you receive that sacrament, place that obstacle there fashion. Now, it's not that easily psychotherapeutically. You're going to have to keep working on it through the week. But every Sunday that you come, think of that obstacle and leave it there at the rail. Until that moment, it's no longer an obstacle. Trust me, another one will pop up. And do the same thing. And to tie in what I had prepared with the sermon all week, persistently pray. Be like that woman who just harangued the judge. Be persistent with leaving your life and your obstacle there. Be persistent in trusting the process. Not that God has some invisible 
grand architectural scheme for your life. He might. But he does have the plan for you to know him and love him and serve him and be happy with him in this life and live with him in that life that has no end. Amen.